Hey, dear friend, I hope that right now you are looking after yourself, you are staying safe, you are staying healthy, and you are staying strong. And more importantly, you're staying in a mindset of, I've got this, that you are putting out to the world all the potential and opportunity that you see right now, and that you are turning up to serve because there is no better time to act, to take action, to take control of what you possibly can within your own world or within your bubble. And if you're in lockdown right now or self-isolation, it's that time of year when we're going through these unprecedented times, even more so, because how we turn up right now is how we turn up to everything. And if you're feeling a little less lackluster about life and your business, maybe your income has dropped, maybe your revenue has halved or disappeared, maybe you are out of a job, then this episode is going to spark that joy back in your life. It's going to give you a boost. It's going to give you the motivation and it's going to give you the practical ass-kicking advice from my fantastic guest today. And more importantly, it's going to help you to uncover right now your hidden profit gold mines in your business, in your work. So let's roll with it. Hey, I'm Natalie Sisson, a Kiwi, best-selling author, speaker, podcaster, vlogger, and business coach dedicated to helping you tap into your potential and get paid to be you. My guest today is, <laughs> she's a firecracker. She is a power chick. She is my kind of girl. And she's also built multi-million dollar businesses from the ground up. She's failed at several and she's also succeeded at several. And so I really love talking to people who have totally been there and done that and can talk from a place of true experience. She actually started out as a low-paid hairdresser trying to support her two little girls, but then she decided working for somebody else was just not for her. She has gone on to create not one, but two $10 million companies. And her core genius is really the ability to simplify complicated issues, which she does so well in this episode, by creating simple proven systems that are guaranteed to create dramatic growth for you and your business. And she's helped over 100,000 entrepreneurs increase their revenues by more than 3,000%, which is a pretty awesome claim to be able to make, including folks like John Asaraf, Lisa Nichols, Steve Harvey, and Paul Mitchell, the hairdresser of Paul Mitchell fame. So some pretty big names here. So in this episode, Susie Carter and I talk about what it really takes to build a multi-million dollar business. Like she, it's probably one of the first questions I ask her and we'll get straight into it. How you can uncover hidden profit gold mines sitting right under your nose. We also talked about the power of having a business plan and a profit plan and why you don't just need one, you need to freaking take action and use it. And I've been guilty of doing that really poorly in the past and then really well in other situations. So I know you're going to love that part of the conversation. We talk about how to reshape your relationship with money, how to create strategic partnerships so you never actually need to sell and how to earn more profit with 80% less staff. And right now you might've had to let go of some staff. So you're probably like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me the goodness. Show me the money. So without further ado, let's get into this interview. Susie Carter, so wonderful to have you on the Untapped podcast. How the heck are you? I'm fabulous. Thank you so much for asking. Thank you for having me be here. But more importantly, thank you for what you do in the world. Like you, you are just a leader and a mover and shaker and I'm honored to be here. Thank you. 
And I think we need more leaders and movers and shakers right now more than ever. So the first kind of question is just a simple one to give people a bit of context about you. But Susie, how do you get paid to be you? And I know we're going to go into this a lot more in the podcast, but how do you get paid to be you? Ah, that's a good question. You know, Natalie in the history of women, I don't think everybody asked me that exact question. <laughs> well, I love that you ask it because a lot of times coaches, business professionals, speakers, authors, writers, right, they, they're, they believe they're trading time for dollar, mm-hmm. right? So they're like, I'm going to get paid X amount of dollars for this hour, this session, whatever that is. And the reality is, is you're not paying me for my time, you're paying me for my intellectual property. Right. So I've spent 30 years in business, building business successfully and unsuccessfully. I'm not going to lie. Right? Nine <laughs> Thank businesses. you for your honesty. 19. Yeah. Not, no, just nine. Oh, nine. gosh. I was going to say. <laughs> oh, wow. And so in the nine, two were dismal. Right. I, wrong partners, you know, trying to hook up with a partner. Shouldn't have hooked up with a partner. Didn't have partnerships agreements. One didn't have make any money, right? It cost me more money than I made, mm-hmm. right? So, but the other ones, right? Once I understood the business and the foundation of the business, seven of them were multi-million dollar companies. So I figured this thing out called business and how to launch a small business. So my sweet spot is between 250,000 and 10 million. After 10 million, it's for me a small business anymore. Then I pass it off to another coach. But mm-hmm. my sweet spot is really teaching people how to do seven, eight, nine-figure businesses. Wow. All right. Listen up, folks. <laughs> so what do you, I mean, just off the bat right there for people listening, what does it actually take to build a multi-million dollar business? Like if people are just sitting here right now at the very start of their journey, what do you think it really takes? Well, listen, only 1.7% mm-hmm. of the small businesses do a million dollars. So that's an indicator, right? Mm-hmm. Like what makes someone like myself or yourself different than someone that doesn't? And truly, I believe, Natalie, it's managing a couple more zeros, mm. right? If I look at successful business people, let's just look at successful. And to me, success is gross, but it's also the profitability that's left over. Because mm-hmm. I've had clients that have done 5 million, but they're spending 6 million, right? So they're in the hole a million dollars. That's not really successful. No. <laughs> right? The whole point of business, it's supposed to provide us luxury. It's supposed to provide us a lifestyle that a job can't. So it's imperative that we have profitability at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And so most every successful business person that I know, we start with a plan and a really clear plan. I know how many units I'm going to sell. I know how many customers I need. I know what my product suite is. I know what the journey is from the first product to the fifth product. I know who my ideal qualified avatar is. I think we do so much on who's your ideal client. Well, ideal and qualified are two different things. Mm. So if you look at my ideal client, it's between 250 and 10 million. It's someone who is a lifelong learner that's willing to invest in a coach, willing to invest in their business, right? Because there's people in that spot that aren't willing to be coachable, Mm -hmm. right? So you have to be coachable. I love that you just said that. (laughs) Right? Yep. We've all got to be lifelong learners. Right. It's the only way to grow. And there's so many people that aren't. They're like, I know that. I know that. I was doing an interview earlier and he said, listen, you can't say I know unless you've made $100,000 doing that. Mm -hmm. And I love that. You know, oh, I know how to do Facebook ads. Oh, okay. Have you made $100,000 doing that? Oh, I know how to do an online course. Oh, have you made $100,000 doing that? If you can't say yes to that, then you don't really know. Mm. Like, have you, 
I was like, Ooh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I love little barometers to check ourselves, right? Check my ego, check my she go. I'm a little <laughs> I love the she go. <laughs> right? Yep. Say, oh, where am I? So the plan is imperative. Your business plan, people go, Oh, I have a plan, but it's in my head. No, no, no. I got to get it out of your head. Can't be in your head. Mm-hmm. It's got to be on paper so that when I hire someone like Natalie or you hire someone like myself, then I can look at your plan and then I can exponentially grow that plan versus trying to pull it out of you. That's just laziness, right? The first thing I do working with any customer is let's put a plan together so I can see what's the expectation, what's the growth, what's the products we're creating. So we're not making it up and guessing. There is some making up, right? There's creativity involved, but I'm not winging it every time I turn the corner. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm really clear. This is what I need to be doing right now. And then when I get in freak out, cause Natalie, I'm like everybody else, I'm going to freak out for a second. <laughs> I freak out in December. I was freaking out. And I was talking to my accountant. I'm like, we're, I got a hundred thousand dollars out of my Amex. I'm freaking out. And she goes, well, what's the plan? I'm like, Oh, what's the plan? So I, I pulled up the plan <laughs> and I looked at it. I'm like, Oh, I said, this is where we would be right now. She's like, okay. Just wanted to make sure you knew what you were doing. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I freaking out. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm a human being. That's why I freak out, right? So everyone that's freaking out right now is like, put your plan together. Mm-hmm. Stop freaking out. Surround yourself. Like I, I love that you're listening to this podcast. I love that you're pouring education into your mind right now because that helps us stay above the frenzy, mm-hmm. right? That's what I'm trying to do right now. Support my clients to stay above the frenzy and be in action because many, many, many phenomenal companies were born in the recession or the depression. You look at Disney, in 1923, started in a depression. Mm-hmm. If you look at Two and a Half Cookies, they started in a depression. Burger King started in a recession. Microsoft started in a recession. CNN, Apple in 2001 started in a recession. General Motors started in the depression, right? So when you look at any great company, you want to look at how do I find the need, fill the need, come from a place of servant heart. Mm-hmm. How do I find the need, fill the need, but then get a coach, get a financial coach, financial advisor, help you put pricing together. That's where you're failing is you're not setting your prices up to be fiscally responsible. Yeah. Now, I, when I started my business, Natalie, I didn't know this concept. So I literally underpriced my product and service. I priced it to where it relied on me, the superstar. Mm-hmm. And if your business relies on your superstar, you're not going to be profitable. It has to be built on your weakest link whatever the weakest link is. Now, back in the day in that business, I owned one of the top hair salons in the country. No, top hair salons, top 1% of the nation, top 10% in the world. We were still losing money, right? We were not making money. We were doing a million dollars in sales and still losing money. I'm like, what is happening? So I went back and I really dug in. I looked at our average ticket. I looked at our turn ratio. I'm looking at all the indicators the expert tells me to look at. But I didn't look at the thing called the base price. My base price was set up so that every technician had to do two to four services in order for the business to be profitable. Gotcha. Well, your weakest link isn't doing two to four services. They're doing one. Mm-hmm. So literally we were losing $5 on every client. Now, really? That doesn't seem like a lot, right? Seems mm-hmm. like, oh, you should be fine. Do 500 times $300, that's $1,500 a month. Times 12 months, that's $18,000 a year. That's a big difference in your business, mm-hmm. right? And that was one indicator to go, oh, it was the biggest wake-up call for me to go, okay, I need to switch this. I need to look at what it set my business up for the weakest link, set my business up for that lowest denominator and go, okay, how can I do that? 
Yeah. Everyone that's creating product and going, oh, I'm going to just create an online business. I'm going to sell $29. Hey, do you know how many $29 things you have to sell to hit $100,000? A lot. You know <laughs> and how many clients you have to be in front of to get those people to buy that $29 product? Mm-hmm. A lot. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's not strategy. That's listening to the hype. So right now it's important to put strategy together to go, what is the right product offering? Right. How much do I need to charge for that? And, and profit is planned for. So we have to and add profit. So in that example, losing $5, there was no profit in that service. Yeah. It was just doing what we called at the time a lost leader. So a lost leader is something that gets people in the door. But if it gets people in the door and you're still losing money, we have to look at what other things can we do to make up yeah. that money. Right. So delicious conversation. So good. Okay. So many great things. Thanks for pointing out all the companies that started in a recession or a depression, because there'll probably be even more, but it's just amazing to know that. So for all the people out there going, oh, this is not a good time to start. It's the best time to start in so many ways. Right. The other thing, yeah. The other thing I'd love to ask is, so I know you've well moved on from your hairdressing business, but what was it that made you take stock in that moment? I mean, obviously you probably saw 18,000 going out the door that wasn't profitable and you looked at it but did you have any help or was that you just go wait a minute this just can't work like I thought I had one of the most successful businesses but it's not profitable and how did you figure out the lost leaders and the reason why I wanted to dig into that a little bit more is like for people who are right now with their business wondering the same I just love for you to tell them where you started because I do think it's our individual responsibility to look at this even if we then do go and get a financial advisor or coach yeah. So at, back in the day, I did not have a financial coach. It was myself and my partner. It was my right. husband at the time, right? We owned the business together. Yeah. And so I was the technician. He was more the back end. And we would sit down and we'd go over our profit and loss. And we started looking at what we created the largest training and development company in the beauty industry. And we put systems in place to help them be profitable. That's where we started. And so I created, you know, accountants, CPA, they just give you your P&L and go good luck. Mm-hmm. I needed to understand what percentage was I supposed to spend, what percentages, you know, what was good profit, what was bad profit. And so I just started digging in because math wasn't easy for me. I'm not a CPA. I'm not an accountant. I'm an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And really looking at trying to make it so I could understand, right? They would give you a profit and loss, Natalie, and you have two. You have one that says accrual, one that says cash. And I'm like, well, one says I have money, one says I don't. So I think I want to look at the one that says I have money. <laughs> but the, the cash one is the one that you're going to pay bills with, right? Or not pay bills with based on that. So we just started digging into every number. And I just had, I just wanted to understand and learn. Like I was working so hard to go, why is this not working? And then looking at every team member's productivity. So if you're an entrepreneur and it's, you're all by yourself, we have to look at what it's the highest income producing activity only I can do. If you're selling $29 things, that's not the highest income producing activity you can do. Right? So on my website, I have a $97 product. I'm not selling that product. I'm selling my one-on-one coaching. I'm selling our mastermind, right? I'm selling anywhere between a $5,000 program and a $120,000 program. Those are the things that I'm spending my time doing. Mm -hmm. My marketing team is spending their time on that lower hanging fruit. They're automating that. They're doing what they need to do. And we're looking at indicators on that. How much are we spending versus how much are we getting in, right? That's the return on investment. So you need, as an entrepreneur, we, I'm going to say we, I don't want to say you. I never want to do that. We need to look at where's the biggest bang for your buck. 
And let's talk about that. All your marketing efforts should be going towards that. And if you're checking your email, delegate that. If you're filing, delegate that. Don't build your own website, delegate that. Go close some clients. Go have conversation with clients. And this time, people are home. People have, are working from home. It's easier to get a hold of them now than ever before, right? So you want to look at who are those clients I need to connect with. Start with connection. Don't worry about sales. Mm-hmm. Start with connection. Now, in my book, in Chapter 7, we have a whole sales strategy and I have a selling system that gets people from out of confusion to getting to the yes or the no, right? I want to get to the yes or no quicker, faster, yeah. right? Is this program for you? Is it not for you? I've been using this selling system for 20 years. It allows me just to get through the room, find people's pain. So the high income production activity for you, that's what I want you to spend time on. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. 80% of your time spent 20% on the minutia. All that stuff will always be there. But if I'm not talking to customers and if I'm not talking to enough customers every day, right? Facebook fans, Instagram fans, LinkedIn fans, they're fans. They're not consumers. There's a big difference yeah. between fans and consumers. We need to take those fans and turn them into consumers. Only way that's going to happen is to drive them to your site and provide services, do calls, do video chats, do group calls, so people can see you, experience you, hear you, and then ultimately buy from you. Yeah. Wise words. Wise words. How much of this do you think comes down to people's relationship with money? And particularly, I know for women, and not just women, but especially, I feel they undercharge themselves. They don't put enough value on what they do, and they certainly don't usually price right. So I love that, you know, you said straight off the bat, the price of your products and services and ways to work with you. And some people might have been like, wow, what the heck? Because my $29 product (laughs) over here is not exactly smashing it. So how do you think people can change their relationship with money first off? And do you think that's the underlying root cause? I think it's part of it. I don't think it's all of it, right? So I'll give you an example. I, early on, I've always been really good at money. Like I'm, I was good at managing it, paying it, keeping it, right? <laughs> I grew up in a family of nine. There was nine wow. brothers and sisters, right? There was so you hung on to that pocket money. Here's what I learned early on, Natalie. So we would, we would get cookies. Now there's nine kids. My dad was in the military. My mom was a seamstress. So there was no extra. Mm-hmm. So literally we would make cookies and you would Ziploc with cookies and that was your cookies. You got mm-hmm. cookies, cookies, there's greedy ones. And then there's some that don't get any. So I learned early on, I would watch my brothers and sister wolf their cookies, sit down, you know, maybe you got five cookies, you know, a lot, a lot of cookies. So you got five cookies, they'd eat all their cookies in a sitting and I would sit back and watch them. I told my I don't like cookies. I say my cookies. Now imagine Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas dinner, you know, all the dishes you have to do. Mm-hmm. That was every night at my house. Wow. Every night. There's 11 people. That's like Thanksgiving dinner every night. So we had chores and you had Thanksgiving dinner every night. So I saved my cookies and my brother, Terry, I could, I could count on Terry or Stevie to yeah. want my cookies. <laughs> and I would use cookies as negotiation tools. So you want a cookie? You could do the dishes tonight. <laughs> so I was done with a cookie. Then I learned for how Easter, like you get candy. Now we never got candy outside of those holidays because those holidays you got them either from relatives or treating and chocolate was the commodity. Yeah. So I told myself, I don't like chocolate. I still don't have it to this day. Right? Wow. I just don't care for it. 
but I used it as a bargaining chip. Like, oh, Natalie, you want some chocolate? (laughs) You know, I'll give you two little candy bars if you fold laundry. Imagine laundry for 11 people, right? That's a lot of laundry. Wow. I learned this negotiation thing, you know, just because I I didn't want to do my bitches, let's be honest. You were outsourcing from a young age. Yeah. And you were using different currencies like treats and food. I love it to get the work done. So yeah. you could focus on what you wanted to do. Exactly. Which was not the dishes. It's <laughs> awesome. So when I look at, you know, part of it is inherited belief, right? Mm-hmm. So back then where money came from me, money was a vehicle, money was a tool. Mm-hmm. Now I wasn't able to say really good at saving until I got into my late twenties, mm-hmm. right. And really learning like, ah, uh, leveraging it. And, you know, I would, Oh, I made money. I'm going to go buy shoes. Oh, I made money. I'm going to go do this. I made money. You know, so it went through my fingers easily. Now, the interesting thing about money is the conversation that is inherited comes from your community, right? So the community that you live inside of now, Mm -hmm. what's people's money conversation? Like if, oh, I don't have a pot to piss in. There's more money for money. Oh, you know, I've got to run two dimes together to get a quarter. You know, whatever your sayings were inside your community, even right now. Yeah. The conversations that are happening in our community, listen to the news and listen to the desperate conversations that are happening right now Mm -hmm. and the fear that's happening right now. I can't watch it because I don't want to participate in that. So I turn off the TV. I want to get my update to know how to be safe and protect my family and be responsible. And then I turn it off and get my other update. Mm -hmm. The second thing, right? Mm -hmm. In the money conversations, it comes from your family, right? What was the conversations? In my household is there is none, don't ask for any. Money doesn't grow on trees, right? Money is the root of all evil. So those were my conversations that we grew up with. So if we don't shift those conversations, you adopt those conversations. That's why we call them inherited conversations. So I had all those conversations growing up, right? And then if you grew up in the church, there was a whole nother spiritual conversation. Hmm. Wealthy people are greedy and evil. Like I work with a lot of clients that grow up in churches and those are the conversations that are happening. Wow. Your ethnicity is a big one. Like, mm. what was it in your culture? Like, look at the Hispanic culture. They don't believe in credit. Everything has to be paid for in cash. There's a different mentality, right? So if you're talking to a client and you're like, oh, well, we can put on a credit card. They look at you like you're crazy. I don't use credit. Like, what? That's just against who we are. Like, well, I think there's good time to use credit and a bad time to use credit. Like, yeah. let's look at leveraging other people's money, right? So what's your ethnic community having? Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's generational. What was grandma saying? What was great grandma saying? Those things, if you don't switch them, I had to totally flip my switch, Natalie. Yeah. I had to create a new money mantra. I had to create a new belief system around money. I had to create a belief system around saving and building wealth. That didn't come naturally. Our parents aren't teaching us that. And you how know, do you go about doing that, Susie? Because that's like, I think it's easier said than done than a lot of people think, because it is just about shifting your focus, as you said, having a new mantra replacing old thoughts with the new empowering ones but what was it that made you finally go okay I need to shift this otherwise I'm always going to be in a place of lack or not having a powerful relationship with money yeah so the first thing I did was create one understanding that wealth is my birthright Mm -hmm. wealth is your birthright it's not for some of us it's for all of us right and if I look at you know we're in the states and you look at our country is built on entrepreneurship right? And other communities and other countries are adapting that philosophy. So I had to realize that I didn't have to come from money to create money. Like that was a block I had to get rid of. 
what was the block that was there, which is, well, my parents didn't have any money. I had to break the pattern of dysfunction around money and other things in my family, right? There were other dysfunctions as all of ours, right? Really changed that. Then I created a money mantra, a new way of looking at money, a new way of talking about money, a new belief around money. And a money mantra is just a new belief, right? And so when I started writing a new belief, I had to think, what's my conversation that I want it to be? Not what it was, not the inherited belief, money doesn't grow on trees, we don't have money, don't ask, right? So my money mantra is my contribution to humanity is deep. My investment in my future is profound. I believe anything's possible with a plan and a strategy. I'm a gift from God, and he's given me the ability to help others to see financial abundance all around. I give freedom where restriction only lived before. I give hope where there was only despair. I'm the solution to the problems that small businesses face every day. I love making a difference and creating profitable businesses. Wealth is a measurement of my contribution to humanity. Wealth gives me personal freedom. Freedom gives me peace of mind. Peace of mind makes me happy. Wealth gives me purpose and validates I can do it. So that's my money mantra. Ooh, I love that. And you live and breathe it. You just like ran with that. You must say that every single day, probably multiple times. It's beautiful. Uh, yeah, my why is my family. My why is my children. My why is I want to create generational wealth. I want to teach my children and my grandchildren how to have a different conversation. I want to teach my clients to teach their children and their grandchildren. I want to teach the world that abundance is all around you. We just have to put into it. And the biggest gift that God gave you, Natalie, is your personal assets, your gifts that only you bring to the world. We can teach similar content, but you teach it with a different flavor. And you have this sexy dialect, right? Your accent, right? It just makes <laughs> me want to listen to you more and engage more, right? So look at all the attributes that you have that somebody else doesn't have, right? So I have a client, Lisa Nichols. And she was in The Secret and she was a 10-time best-selling author and amazing, amazing client. And one of her limiting beliefs was she was heavy. No one's going to listen to me because I'm fat. Actually, more women do listen to you because you're heavy. Because now they see them versus seeing some thin representation Mm -hmm. of them. Right? We She had this amazing rapport with people because she didn't look like what the world said you should look like, which then put people's barriers down, which then allowed people to be more open, which then allowed people to take action because they're like, if she can do it, I can do it. Yeah. So I want people to see you don't have to be look like me or look like Natalie or look like whoever you're thinking you're supposed to look like. Just be you, mm-hmm. you know, be you and the gift that you were put on this earth to do. Yeah. hundred percent. So you've, I mean, that's amazing. You've worked with Lisa Nichols, also John Asareff. And Paul Mitchell. Now, is that Paul Mitchell from the hair care industry or is that a completely different Paul Mitchell? No, same Paul Mitchell. All right. So, yeah, he came to you and he's like, wait, you've been in hairdressing. I'm in hairdressing. Show me how you make this profitable business. And yeah, as you said, attract wealth and abundance into your life. Yeah. So we worked with the company. So we trained all their sales consultants and their salons and spas on this whole, how do you make a business successful? And so that's been from an early age. My first book, I was 27 when I published my first book because my industry asked me to, like, will you write a book? I'm like, "Uh, no, (laughs) I don't want to write a book. I think that's where 
you're not listening, there's a calling. Each of us have a calling and we downplay it or we push it aside. We go, oh, not now. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. Well, we're not busy now. Let's do it right now. Yeah. Now is the time <laughs> more than ever to listen to that calling, write that book, write that course, start that podcast, whatever it is that you need to do, want to do, and are ready to do. I love it. I need to take that energy and get back on my Facebook live and make that my message with my book that I'm about to write and inviting people to come along and write with, because it's just like, it needs to be more urgent, right? Like this is the time people have got time. They're sitting at home. Some people are bored. We were talking about that before we started recording. I was like, how can anybody be bored right now? There is so much to do, to turn up, to serve, to create, to produce, to help people with. It's just like we've been given a 30-day or more lockdown period to lock into what we really want to be doing and how we want to show up. Right. It's our divine time. Like yeah. never in the history has this ever occurred where we can, the, sh- the world has shut down for you to do your divine purpose, right? Yeah. To, yeah. Wow. You don't have to try to fit it in between this or that or, you know, outside of the kids, just lock yeah. yourself in the door, <laughs> you know, lock yourself in your office or wherever, yeah. you know, schedule it for yourself. You and know, this um, is... It is. And it's, uh, it might be a little bit of time for nurturing and maybe a little bit of Netflix, but mostly it's about getting on and doing the work that you've really wanting, been wanting to do. So I'd love to know for people who are sitting there going, okay, cool. I've got a baseline business or a side hustle, or, you know, I'm happy to look into what's been working for me because I, I think it's a great saying that just went out the other day around don't throw away everything that's been working for you double down on the great stuff but also this is a great time to look at what hasn't been working for you and whether you remove that or you reshape it or you introduce something else so I know one of your superpowers is helping people uncover hidden profit gold mines that are often sitting right under your nose how do you suggest that people do that right now like what's one of the easiest ways to just find those gold nuggets in your business Perfect. So the first thing you want to do, you know, in your personal life and your business life is trim the fat, go mm-hmm. through your profit and loss. And that's your PL, your profit and loss. And look at what are the, the things that are not essential. So let me give an example. I'm not fat, right? I'm a business coach. I'm a strategist. You don't quit me right now, right? You don't quit your coaches right now. If you've got an online course, any course that you are going to take, that's not fat unless you're not interested in it. If you're not interested in it, cancel it. Cancel the things that aren't either going to make you money, right? That aren't serving you anymore. You're not utilizing. You've got at least anywhere from a hundred to thousands of dollars sitting there. Same thing with your personal budget. Get rid of the fat. You know, how much were you eating out before? And people are still eating out and they're eating out more, right? They're going to Uber Eats or they're going to Grubhub or whatever to go, do I really need to do that right now? Let's take that $200 and invested in a course, invested in a coach, invested in something that's going to make you money in the long run. Yeah. That's good debt. Yeah. Any kind of education, Benjamin Franklin said, take the coins from your purse, invest them in your mind, and your mind will fill your purse overflowing. Beautiful. Look, my vocation is I'm a hairdresser. That's my vocation. Every piece of education has been like this. If I got sued, I went to a business law class. If I needed to learn business finance, I took a business finance class. If I needed to learn about social media marketing, I took a social media marketing class. Mm-hmm. Whether you're doing it on a podcast, whether you're just signing up for a course, what is your weakest link inside of your business? And go invest in that so that can pay you, then your mind can pay your purse overflowing. Yeah. So that's the first thing is trim all the fat, not the meat. The meat are the things that make you money, right? I can't delete my Teachable or my Kajabi or my Infusionsoft. That's meat, mm-hmm. right? So I want to look at that. 
my marketing team is me, right? They're helping me get clients. They're helping me stay in front of clients. They're helping me pivot, strategize. That's my meat. Maybe you cut down on the hours on them, right? So you can be responsible and go, I need to shave 25% or 40%, whatever the number is based on what the income coming is in it, right? So let's shave the fat, not the meat. Okay, that's strategy number one. Strategy number two is I need you to write down what's the highest income producing activity only I can do. So for me, Susie, the highest income producing activity is lead generation and calls with clients. So gotcha. serving clients that are already in programs, right? Because as I serve them, I'm going to eventually I'm going to upserve them again and they're going to go into another program or they're going to stay in the existing program. Mm-hmm. The second thing is new clients, their potential qualified clients. That's the distinguisher now that we've all had those calls where you have all these calls and no one's qualified. Well, pre-qualify them on a Facebook Live. Pre-qualify them in your email campaigns. Pre-qualify them to go, this is the kind of coach I am. My sweet spot is 250 to 10 million. If you're not there, to work with me one-on-one doesn't make sense. I have programs. I have other things that you can participate in, but one-on-one, that's the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Makes sense? So what's the highest income producing activity only you can do? And how many of those do you need to close every single month? right? So if you need to close five people, we need to be in 50 conversations. Yeah. So the reason you're not closing is because you need five people, but you're not having 50 conversations. So 50 conversations will be conversations one-on-one, 50 conversations would be doing an email campaign and a nurture sequence to get them qualified, to get them on a call with you. Mm-hmm. The average salesperson, average, will close one in 10. One in 10. A good salesperson will close one in five. So you have to know what your closing ratio is because it's a numbers game. Yeah. You don't have to like math. You just have to know what the numbers mean. <laughs> right? Yeah. Go, oh, if I'm not closing enough people, I'm just not having enough conversations. Then mm-hmm. it takes the pressure off of you. It, when I know that number, you know, then I can go, okay, so mine's one in three. Yeah. One in three, I'm going to close somebody. If I'm not having one in three and I'm waiting for that one to close, you'll be waiting a long time. Dang, lady, right? you're good. One in three. Look at that. That's a good success rate. <laughs> I'd be curious to know over the years of how that's gone down. So, you know, when you started out, I'm sure it was probably more like one in 10 and then you would have got oh, to horrible. one in five and then, you know, one in three. And I just, I think it's really great to see that progression, but also to know that it's a journey and it's a journey of, as you said, you probably worked on your skills. You might've hired some sales coaches or you might've just done the course or training and also practice what you preached. Yes. I definitely yeah. walk my talk and yeah. everything I do, I evaluate, right? We look at what was the closing percentage? What was the average ticket to this day? What was the closing percentage? What was the average ticket? And so we work on two things, getting more qualified people because mm-hmm. the more qualified people you're having conversations with the higher closing ratio. Yeah. Right. Then when I look at, if you're not good at closing, then what's the script? I've been using the same script for 25 years, yeah. right? Cause it works. Mm-hmm. And I pull that script up right? It's in chapter six. I pull that script up. I follow my script because I'm a coach, Natalie. I want to yeah. talk. Obviously you can't even get a word in edgewise. Right? You keep trying to slip in there and I'm like, but wait, I have more. Oh, it's great. It's a perfect morning for me. I'll just let you speak the wisdom. Right. So I love to coach. So I have to follow my script because so I don't go off script because when yeah. you're selling, if I'm doing most of the talking when I'm selling, I'm not going to close the sell. Mm-hmm. When I'm in a sales conversation, Natalie has to be the one doing most of the conversation. Yeah. Right. She has, to, I have to be finding the need, fill the need, finding the need, fill the need, finding the need, fill the need. 
right? So yep. the whole purpose of finding out what that client's needs are and how are you the solution for that? Yeah, I love it. I want to come back to this qualified prospect. How many conversations are you having and how many people are you closing that are qualified? And for people who are listening right now going, but I'm getting all the people, like I've got an opt-in and I get, you know, maybe however many subscribers each week, but none of them are buying or they've been sitting on my list for months or maybe even years and they're not buying. I've had this conversation with clients and students recently and I'm like, well, ask, like ask them where they're at. What's the number one challenge right now? Why don't straight out go, Hey, why haven't you bought anything? But more importantly, like what is your number one challenge right now? And how can I meet your need? Like what could I put in front of you if I could wave a magic wand that would help you right now? And I think people have just been too, for too long attracting the wrong people. So how do we take that step back and get qualified people? I mean, I know what I do, but I'd love to hear from you what people can do if they're making that same mistake. So the biggest thing that I see that we're doing, it's like promoting this huge party, right? So <laughs> picture on Facebook, I'm having this party and I'm so excited about this party and Natalie's going to be there and Susie's going to be there and Lisa's going to be there and John Astroff and Paul Mitchell and they're going to all be at this party and I can't wait for you guys to join the party. Have a great day. Bye. Right. And then, wait a minute, what time is the party? Right. Where is the party? I want to go to the party. What day is the party? I don't know anything about the party. I just know there's a party. That's what we do in our conversations. We get people so excited about the party. I'm going to help you in your business. I'm going to help you streamline this. I'm going to do this for you. And then we go, okay, let me know. Okay, no, 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 no. Wait, wait. <laughs> you just get me outside for nothing, right? That's like really good foreplay. And then going, I'm leaving. Sex is next week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, oh, I got to get it in your head, whether it's a party or sex, right? I know what I can say or not say. So you want to go, the time and place is, look, here's how you participate in this. And you kind of map it out. And then here's the investment on this. And here's the results that you can count on, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got to talk about the results and you've got to be bold. I am bold. I am bold with my clients because I know if Natalie sent me her profit and loss today, I could find 50% more income in her business. I just Mm -hmm. know I can. I've been doing it for 30 years, right? And I was ignorance on fire doing it for people. Now I really have a system knowing how (laughs) to put it in place. Go, oh, here's where the money is, right? I've worked with enough businesses and enough industry to see the money. But you have to be coachable. You have to be willing to invest in your business. You've got to be willing to look at what you're not willing to do with mm. the money that you want to get. Because sometimes some of y'all don't want to get out of bed. Some of y'all don't want to work hard. Some of y'all want to sit back and rake in the cash. And the reality yeah. is you can accept your business to do that, right? So yeah. there's, there's this game called business. You either want to play it full out or you want the fantasy of it. And I'm going to say, let's play, let's play full out. So I'm in the play full on category as well, but also even just having this conversation has made me realize where I want to dig into my P&L on a few things where I could trim the fat, right? So this is great. And I think we should always be evaluating that. So thank you. But secondly, for those people who do want to like lounge around in bed all day and have the money coming in, I mean, I guess I'm not being cheeky there, but there are days when you just don't feel like putting in the work unless you are really driven and motivated by your why, which you clearly are, you're on a mission, right? But for the person who's sitting back here right now who hasn't had that much success over the years and it's most likely come from the results of their behavior and their actions and their thoughts and their attitudes, what are just some simple steps, and I know they might be in your book, where they can kind of get themselves fired up? Like we can't, you know, we should be able to rely on ourselves, but we can't always. So what are a couple of things that will start that ripple effect of having them really motivated and on purpose so that they do show up and playful out, in your opinion? 
I want to address two things. One is there's days I don't want to, right? There's days I don't want to put on. I don't want to put my lipstick on. I don't want to, like, I don't want to adult today. And the reality is, you know, I think you need to listen to when those days are here and Mm -hmm. and take care of your well-being. So those are for the active that just never give themselves permission to have downtime. The second piece is your tribe is your vibe. Mm -hmm. So you're unmotivated. Go. There's so many great free education right now. There's so many people doing summits. There's so many people doing podcasts. There's so many people lay in your bed, but listen to this podcast, mm-hmm. right? This one and other ones lay in your bed and listen to some information and have a notepad by you, right? Cause the only way you're going to get out of your funk is to be in action, right? Yeah. Action is the antidote for despair. So I need you to get out of being in despair and get into some action, baby steps, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be write a book. Baby steps could be outline your course, outline your book, just outline the 10 chapters you want in your book. The 10 chapters will become a program. A program will become a mastermind. A mastermind will become a one-on-one coaching, right? So just look at taking baby steps to go, what's in it for me? The reason you haven't had success is you haven't been in radical action. You've been someday out. Someday I'll write that book. Someday I'll do the sales call. Someday I'll, today I don't feel like it. I'm sorry. Pull up your big girl pains. If you get a job, you don't get to choose. You got to go in, do a job, get the job done, go in, get a paycheck. Yeah. So as entrepreneurs, we have to do the same thing. I have to schedule my day, whether there's appointments or not. My day is completely scheduled. It's sales time, content time, working on contracts, working on getting booked for podcasts, working on my press campaign. It's just in my schedule. If it's not in the schedule, it's not getting done. Because look, yeah. if it's nothing's in my schedule, I want to go outside. I want to go play. I want to just, you know, I want to call in sick to myself. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yep. Schedule it. Get it done. Um, and you're so right. Sometimes just listening to five minutes of a podcast is enough to rouse you and get you excited, right? Like it's one idea that you get from it one piece of advice and it's the thing that can set you off rolling for the day so if you need that kickstart do it at the beginning of the day and then make sure you take action on it and you don't just consume all day because that's also not going to get you any further yeah, every morning when i'm putting my makeup on i'm listening to a podcast cool. right i have several that i love and while i'm putting my makeup on you know it'll take me 30 minutes to get ready right mm-hmm. so i'm getting ready drinking coffee listening to the podcast I used to listen to music and then I started listening to the lyrics of the music. And I'm like, I don't like this. I'm not putting, that's in my brain, right? How can I put something else in my brain that has me feel good and be a contribution to, I usually end up repeating something that I heard on the podcast, either on another podcast or an interview or with a coaching (laughs) client to go, oh, there's so much gems out there. There's so much stuff that maybe you've heard it before, but now you're hearing it in a different context because you're in a different context, mm-hmm. right? There's content and context. And so I can hear the same thing now that I've heard 10 years ago, but it's landing completely different because my situation is completely different. Yeah. So yeah. I think repetition is very powerful. Repetition, repetition, repetition is the key to learning. Quick question. What are some of your favorite podcasts? I'd be curious to know. Mm, there's one called Gold Digger, which I really like. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's a good one. And then I like, I love, love, love Esther Hicks. Mm. She just talks about really tapping into source mm-hmm. and knowing that you're what your divine is. So I love listening to her. Yeah. I love listening to, I love Oprah's soul, you know, super soul. She's got mm-hmm. some really great speakers on there. And then when I find them, then I'll go watch, listen to their podcast. Yeah. So, Perfect. you know, kind of around, but those are my go-tos in the morning. You know, powerful, powerful podcast. And I guess 
one, I mean, we could talk for ages or you could talk for ages and I could interject. (laughs) No, I'd love this. This has been awesome. But for people who are are sitting here going, okay, this is, you know, I'm feeling fired up. I'm going to use this time. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to trim the fat. I'm going to focus on what I do really well. I'm going to look for those gold mines and those gold nuggets. Some may be listening going, but sure, don't I need like a team for this? Or don't I need, you know, people working with me on this? Can I do it all my, on my own? Can I scale to millions by myself? And I know that in your book, you do talk about how you can earn more profit with 80% less stuff. Now, I run a pretty lean team, so I get to focus on the stuff that I love doing and they do the other bits, which is great. And I do see people waver between building these really big teams and then realizing crap, this is quite a different, this is the one that I was expecting to build because now I'm managing people versus doing the stuff I love. So I'd love for you to speak. And, you know, I think there's benefits to both. There's times when you can grow and there's also times when I think we hire before we need to or before we're ready or before the income can support that hire. So do you want to just speak to your thoughts around this for people who are listening? Yeah, so I'll share my experience of the first person I always hire. Even before I hire an executive assistant, I hire my operations person. And so if I can't afford someone full-time, I'll do a budget. So even Mm -hmm. if your budget is small, the operations person is the, this is how we do it here person. Mm -hmm. So they're looking at the logistics, the implementation, 15% of your financial success is based on your technical ability. Now you have to be amazing at your technical ability, but the other 85% is what the operation person does. Mm -hmm. So it's one of my sweet spots as a business person is operations because I want to learn how to be more effective. So I know the value of a really good operations person. They can shave time. They can get twice as much done in half the amount of time as an assistant. So the assistant I have to train, the assistant I have to handhold, the assistant I have to babysit, the operations person I don't, right? I might pay more per hour, but what I get out of that person is tenfold. Yeah. So that's the first person I hire and it's based on my budget, right? So I look at how much money I'm going to generate because I go back to my plan when I launch my business. So I ran Lisa Nichols' company for 10 years. I just left that company last January. Wow. And so I put my plan together. My plan the first year, launch year, my must was a million. My stretch was Mm 1.5. We hit 1.3. So the first person I hired, because I had my plan in place, was my operations person. Because I knew I'm going to hit the ground running. I need someone catching everything I'm doing while I'm running. Mm -hmm. Right? And we hit our goal because I had my plan. If I didn't have my plan, Natalie, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Second year, right? Second year, the must is 3 million, stretches 5 million. Even where we are right now with the economy, we are on track to hit three. So I'm not disappointed. That's my must. Yeah. Right? My goal is five. So if we flip it around by the second half of the year, okay, I'm still playing to five. Yeah. Right? So everything I do, I'm playing to five. And if I hit three, I'm happy. But usually you hit right in the middle. So my plan is my foundation, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm flexible inside the plan, but I'm really clear what I need to do. My team's really clear what they need to do. So you want to look at, if you are not that operational person, get some kind of support. I'd rather have someone smarter than just an assistant. If I, if I, my motto in my company, Natalie, is if I have to tell you how to do your job, one of us isn't needed. Yeah. So that's a, that's really good. People hire VAs, but they're having to tell them everything to do. Well, they're not a good VA. A -hmm. VA, a virtual assistant is someone that has done that before. They know how to do it. Their job is to take stuff off your plate, not ask you, what do you need me to do? If I got to tell you what you need to do, no. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yep. And I've been there too, right? We've all carried that flag of like, wait, something's wrong here. This isn't working. And even if you have to pay a little extra than outside your comfort zone, it's going to be such a great investment. And I'm telling myself this as much as everybody listening is sometimes you have to suck it up, princess, and do that because they are going to make you money in the long run for the time that you're not spending telling them what you need done, reminding them to do things rather than them proactively saying, hey, Natalie, I want to work on this because I've seen in your business, this is the thing that moves the needle. So can I take control of this or can I take ownership of this? And I would be like, Heck yeah. So I think that's the difference between paying somebody what they're worth, who's really good at what they do versus going for somebody who can just kind of do business as usual or just do what they're asked. Yeah. Exactly. It was a little pep talk to myself yeah. as much as this. <laughs> we have to make sure we're in rental fraction selling because if you're not selling, you can't afford that person. So I was scared like every other entrepreneur, nervous, like, oh shit, can I do this? Mm-hmm. Right. You have that oh shit moment. And then you're like, of course you can. You know how to yeah. do this. Just do what you know how to do. Right. And when you're having those, which I'm sure you have way fewer of these days, but when you are having those doubts, like, can I do this? Is this my job? You know, am I capable of doing this? What do you do to steady yourself? Do you look to your systems? Do you look to your previous success? What is it that flips you out of that and gets you changed into your state to go, no, no, I've got this. This is my jam. This is how I'm showing up. This is how I'm serving people. I love that because I had it in December. I was freaking out, Natalie. I had $100,000 on my American Express and I'm freaking out. <laughs> and then I'm like, hold on, go to your plan. So I went yeah. to my plan, looked at my plan, looked at the projections, looked at the sales. Of course it's down. It's December. Like people are on holiday and they checked out after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. right? So I'm like, oh, I planned for this. So I just breathe and look at my plan. Yeah. That was the first thing. So my plan gives me peace of mind. The second thing is I have my rider dies. So my rider dies that I can call and they can talk me off the ledge. They're not going to judge me. I can be vulnerable. I can cry. I can go, okay, I'm freaking out. I didn't, I think I can't do this, <laughs> whatever that is. Yeah. And they're either, they pray with me, they snap me out of it. They're like, Susie, you know what you're doing. Here's what you need to do. So they're playing big in the world too. So we'll do that for each other. To go, who are those rocket booster friends, your rider dies <laughs> that you can count on to talk you off the ledge and count on you to inspire you when you need inspiration, to count on you to hold you accountable to that book, Natalie right? To say, you said you were going to do this. Where are you at? You're like, dang it. I hate that, but I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Yep. And I have my, right. So I have my coaches too. I've got three financial coaches, Mm -hmm. right? I've got a personal development coach, AKA therapist. (laughs) I've got a business coach. I've got a fitness coach. Now I don't use them all at the same time. Yeah. Right. But have them in my stable so that when I'm in that place, I'm not suffering and Mm -hmm. I get out of it quicker, faster. Yep. And I've just done that over time, over the years, so that I don't have to suffer. Suffering's optional, mm-hmm. right? Suffering is optional. <laughs> I love it. So much, so much wisdom there. So just to sum up, I mean, I guess I'd love to know where people can find out more about you, get more of your inspirational wisdom, pre-order your new book that's coming out in September. And yeah, just learn more about Susie and how they can be part of your world and get some of this epic goodness that you've delivered here today. Thank you. So the first thing is you can find me on all social media by my name, Susie Carter, C-A-R-D as in dinero or dollar, E-R. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And then the second part is uh, you can go to our book site, just poweryourprofitsbook.com. Yes. And right when you pre-order the book, because the book comes until September, so I have about five bonuses. Now, where can you invest $28 and get $5,000? 
with Susie Carter. So if you go, <laughs> we've got the Wisdom and Wealth audio course. We've got to Propel Your Profits, which is 60 ways to increase your cash. Right, you get into our Facebook group. We've got a business power toolkit that you get for free, which are some of my favorite templates so that you can know how to use those templates. And then we're going to pick three people to win our coaching session with me, all about your business. By the time the book comes out, I'm going to pick three winners so that we can business to live their Wow. That's how you sell, ladies and gentlemen. So powerprofitsbook.com. I will link to that in the show notes for this episode. Thank you so much. This has been a blast. I know I've got um, a list of things that I'm going to go away and do immediately after this because we've got to take action. So just thanks for a reminder. It's great, you know, from one entrepreneur to the other. Thanks for the gentle ass kicking and the uplifting spirit. And um, just really appreciate you and the work that you're doing in this world. And I hope that everybody listening has taken something out of this. I'm sure they have. But rather than just listen to it, please take action on it. Susie will love you. <laughs> Thank you. Mary. I appreciate who you are. And remember, fear leads you to believe that where you are right now is a safe place and going forward is a risk. When the truth is, you're always at risk when you're standing still, risk of stagnating, but more importantly, risk of missing out on your own destiny. So it is your time. It's time to rise. It's time to shine. Thank you, Natalie, for everything you do for our community. Thank you for being a leader. Thank you for being a powerhouse woman and just a badass in the business. Thank you. Proud of you. Thank you, Susie. Oh, my gosh. Isn't Susie awesome? Like, I laughed. I took notes. I actually walked away from that interview and went to my whiteboard and scribbled up some really specific notes, including how to earn 10K a month, all the different ways in which I'm going to teach people how to do that in my upcoming 10K club women entrepreneurs only and I literally broke it all down into all the different ways that you can earn that and then I decided to break down how you could build a million dollar biz and I'm going to be talking about this in an upcoming episode because whilst I haven't built that when I actually broke down the numbers I was like huh this is entirely doable and part of that was thanks to Susie just inspiring me to create better plans and really really focus on where my hidden profit gold mines are. So I hope you enjoyed that. Come across to the show notes where I've dropped in her new book, links to what she was talking about, what we discussed, and some other great episodes that I've had recently. If you liked this one, you're going to love them too, including the most recent one with Rob. Oh my gosh, I loved that. If you haven't listened to episode 60, please do. It's the one just before this. So come across to nataliesisson.com forward slash podcast and you will find it there. And I also have some juicy, juicy goodness coming up for you in the next week. I am looking at the most beneficial ways I can turn up and serve you right now. And I'm just going to say, I'm bringing back the freedom plan. It's going to be better than ever. And it's going to be succinct so that you can create and build your online business in a really short amount of time right now, if this is what you need. If times are hard, if times are tough, if you feel called and inspired to finally do this for yourself, get into business, get paid to be you, you're going to love this. And as I mentioned in this episode, the 10K Club. So come across the show notes because I'll drop links in there on how you can do one or both or learn more about them because they are coming up in the next couple of weeks. I'm doing my best over here at Natalie Sisson HQ to get all these things in place for you because the time is now. It's critical. So again, nataliesisson.com forward slash podcast. Look for episode 61. Read the show notes. Read the recap. 
click on the awesome links if they suit you, if they fit you, if they inspire you, if they excite you. Otherwise, I will see you next Wednesday for the next episode of the Untapped Podcast. Take care of yourself and remember to tap into your potential. <laughs>